get just as brainwashed as the general public. Mm -hmm. um, when I was young, when I first started studying journalism, I was like, yeah, my goal is to work for the BBC. Ask me now if, I, if someone offered me a job at the BBC, I would spit in their face. There is no way I'm ever going to work for those um, <laughs> bastards. Um, but yeah, no, I think a lot. I feel like obviously you've got the odd few people who are like very aware of what the BBC does, but then you, you do have people who are just like, what young people who've been offered a job by the BBC, they love journalism. And then only five years down the line, do they realize they're like, wow, mm. I've been feeding the public absolute bullshit. Hi, everyone. Before we start, I want to take a minute to talk about my next book. You may have heard about the story of GameStop in January or February and thought it was all over. You're sadly mistaken. Unfolding Online has been a clash between the corrupt practices of Wall Street and the hive mind of the internet. It's a hot, raging information war pitting retail investors against financial giants swimming in corruption and fraud. The trailer is at the end of this podcast, but if you want to help crowdfund the book or just find out more, you can sign up to my mailing list to get access to a preview of chapter one or go to whenmoon.com to read more about the book. The first 200 people to pre-order the book will get a free pack of To The Moon crayons with their book. I just want to make a quick mention of our sponsors. Namecheap are one of the cheapest places on the internet to get a domain name for your next website. I've used Namecheap for all the sites I've ever purchased and I find it really easy to use. Spreaker are a rapidly growing platform for podcast recording, publishing, and monetization with pricing plans as low as $7 per month. A cheap way to host your podcast and start earning from your back catalog of shows. Finally, ExpressVPN is the internet's most trusted VPN. Protect your privacy and watch and view content that is location locked you could even try watching Netflix from a different country. And right now, they're offering 35% off 12 months of ExpressVPN. Please use the links in the description below if you want to support the show. Anyway, here's the podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Chatter. Today is the first time I have got to do one in person in like a whole year, which is very, very exciting. And I'm here speaking to Claudia Fior. Fior? That is correct, yeah. That's it's good. like Dior, but with an F. Okay. Is that how you explain it to people? Yeah. Like, is that like it makes you feel very fancy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're here to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Um, probably starting with the climate change report and just uh, so how fucked are we? Um, well, according to the report, we are very fucked. I think this is what the first report that's just straight up said humans are to blame. Every other report before this has kind of tried to sugarcoat it, being like, yeah, it's like somewhat linked to industrial consumption da, da, da. but now they've literally started it off with like yeah humans are to blame this is our fault um the thing is though humans are to blame but i think it's more billionaires like the one percent than just the general public i don't think we can put down me throwing a piece of plastic on the floor and compare it to the fact that they just took a flight into space like a couple of weeks ago do you know what i mean that's burns as much fossil fuels as about how many cars in one sitting so um Obviously, it's our mass consumption as well that's causing the problem and stuff like that. But there are a lot of things that billionaires are doing uh, that we're just letting them slide by with. And I think that's the main cause mm. of the issue. But we're, we're fucked. We're fucked. There's no other way to put it. Uh, I mean, 
that's you, you like honed in on something that really frustrates me sometimes like people people like lecture someone about like the non-reusable coffee cup that they've used and it's like i think it's a uh, hundred corporations are causing 70 percent of all greenhouse gas emissions it's just like maybe you should think about blaming them and not the person who's like i don't know using their petrol car to get to work to you know it's, survive <laughs> i know it's also like when people are like oh um don't uh, don't buy plastic bags and i'm like well, how about you start getting at the people who are like selling me fruit in plastic packaging why is my fruit wrapped in plastic packaging fruit has its own packaging like why are my bananas packed in plastic i'm literally gonna peel them when i get home there is no need you wash your fruit anyways your fruit and vegetables there's so many things that can be adapted that are just very obvious that would help help the climate but the government's just not doing it and you can't really can't see and that's why i feel like it's you can't really be harrowing down on individual people being like oh you're not doing this you're not doing that because it's very easy to get caught up and um i said recently to um on to dan i was speaking to dan and i said to him that um i think it's very easy to be like yeah recycle do this that and the other but it's it's not easy to do if it's just not something that you're used to doing mm. um and i compared it to the fact that i went to portugal uh, recently and even in portugal portugal is a very very green country they're very good on their carbon emissions and stuff like that even if you drive through portugal most of it's green and it's healthy green it's not like man-made or anything like that even when you go to the beach um the moment you step onto the beach you you have a choice of various bins you can pick up you've got a little cigarette bin you can take with you to make sure that you don't leave cigarette butts. No way. You've got a series of like recyclable bins. So when you leave the beach, um, you can put your rubbish there. And then you've got little ones you can take with you as well. And that's how they keep their seas clean. And what I'm trying to say by that is they make it very easy for people to recycle. Like even if you're lazy, there's no way you're going to, you just have to be a bad person if you literally walk past the bins and look at them and think, nah, sorry, like I'm not going to. Do you know what I mean? You are actively trying to damage the climate. But... In the UK, like, even on underground, you don't have bins. Mm. Do, do you know what I mean? You don't make it easy for people to recycle. Or even if you do have bins, they'll have, like, mixed recycle rubbish. You're not... I know you're not separating my mixed recycling. So don't put mixed recycle, because I might as well just be throwing it in the rubbish. Doesn't make sense. So I, I think... Um, a lot of Western nations, in particular the UK, don't make it easy for people to recycle and actually be climate friendly. Um, which means we're not... Our carbon emissions are where do you see stars in london you don't because our air pollution is ridiculous i mean is that is that the air pollution or is that um is that like the the light pollution because like totally off topic but i was talking to someone the other day about how we should have like a night every month that we go like blackout so mm. everyone can see the stars like uh, and I'm not sure how practical that is, because then someone was just like, that's when all the crime will happen. <laughs> like a purge. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, the... I like the idea that uh, that we could at least try and, you know, see the stars. Do you know what? Where I live now in London, Ed, the pollution's so bad, and they know we can't see stars, that they have installed a roof over my block that has fake stars. Like, it has light. What? in it that are meant to be fake stars because they know people cannot see stars there but does that look anything like remotely no, it like looks like i'm in a rolls royce car with just the shiny roof it doesn't it doesn't look like i'm looking at stars whatsoever and it's a really like i look at it and i'm like wow i live in a capitalist society it's a real wake-up call sometimes i walk outside and i'm like no but like that that that's so like that's the that's like the most neoliberal thing I've ever heard. 
He's like, oh, well, we, you know, we played the chair and uh, so now we're just going to try and replace the stars with this light because that's going to And help. the light is definitely causing more pollution because it's more, like, it doesn't make sense. The country's so backwards. Uh, but do you think, it, like, I, I've had this discussion with, I don't know how many people, like, mm -hmm. do you think it's capitalism or do you think it's corruption? Um, I think it's corruption because, quite frankly, um, I'm, I'm very much a person who's like down with capitalism, I hate capitalism. But capitalism as a structure isn't bad. It's the fact that we've tried to install capitalism onto a society where we not everyone's equal. Um, you've got the whole thing of equity and equality. You, you, you can't give equal rights to people who, who aren't on an equal pedestal. Do you know what I mean? You've got rich and the poor. Make the poor as rich as the rich. Mm -hmm. Then try and install capitalism and we will thrive. It will be absolutely fine. But you can't install capitalism in a society where there's inequality because the poor are going to get poorer and the rich are going to get richer. So I don't, as much as I'm like down with capitalism, I don't think capitalism itself is the problem. It is uh, corruption and the lack of equality that we have. Mm -hmm. Like... The, one of the things that I get, I'm not sure you're 100% right on the, like, we need to get everything perfectly equal, because that's kind of like, I don't know, because I have this debate with a lot of people, and it's like, there's, there's a, um, there seems to be like a level of inequality that's, like, I don't want to say ideal, but like, it's, it's like optimal for like the functioning of a system. Um, I think we're way beyond that at this point. Like the 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 the, the level of inequality, especially in in Britain and America, is just mm. stunning. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's like two people in America own the same amount, or, or like have the same amount of wealth as the bottom forty percent. Like that's disgusting. But there's like a level of um, I feel like people need like something to go like right. Well, I'm going to work hard, and then I'm going to get a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. The like, people need that. You need a small variation, but the gap that we've got between rich and poor. Right. This is what I should have said when by bringing everyone, making the poor people rich. Don't make them rich, but give everyone a certain standard of living, mm. a set standard of living that people can then go up from. Rather, mm. but no option of going down. People can continuously go up. But right now, everyone's just going like, well, not everyone. You've got like one percent going up, and then the ninety-nine percent of us going downhill. Mm. I mean, that's the. I guess that's the argument for UBI is that you want to create like a, like a minimum standard of living. Yeah. I mean, say like I don't know, people can survive. They have like healthcare, housing, and say like enough money to buy like basics, and then everyone can have that and if you want more like go out, go and get it because like, some people don't actually want more than that you know what i mean as well a lot of people like don't want to don't want to live a lavish lifestyle they just they just want to live a life a mm. life where they don't have to worry about what they're going to eat the next day not everyone's like oh yeah i want to travel to three countries every year and i want to see the world mm. everyone's like that some people are more simple and just want to a standard substance not substandard standard life mm. yeah they just want they want to get like a a roof over their head. Yeah, a roof over their head, and then they can then they can like I don't know at least take the time to figure out what they're gonna do with themselves, and I don't know. Then I, I guess you get a lot of people being like, oh well, you know, people aren't gonna work if they you know they don't have to, and that's such a stupid. It argument. is a stupid <laughs> argument because I I've been in situations where like if I've taken where. I've just not had work when I was when I was doing my master's degree. Um, I wasn't working for uh, like a couple of months of it, and because it was my master's degree, and I already had an undergrad in something similar, I had a lot. Of, it was easy. I had a lot of spare time on my hands, and I would sit there, and I for like two days, I was like, I don't want to do anything. Absolutely fuck all. Just gonna sit here, 
Then after two days, I was just like, I'm going to start this. I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start doing this. Because you get bored mm. and you've got opportunity at hand. You're just like, I've got time. If I've got the time to do this, why not? You try, you fail, it fails, it fails. You try again, you might come up with something amazing. And it really, it does, it, it gives people the opportunity to feel creativity. If they've got like a sense of security that they know they've got a roof over their head, they can eat. They don't have to worry about things like that. People do have the time and like the ability to just sit there and be like right how can i make my mark on this planet how can i make the planet better do you know what i mean and then that also benefits other things if someone's got a roof over their head and doesn't have to stress about eating and stuff like that they can look at recycling mm. they can be like right i can actually take the time out to recycle now do you know what i mean mm. it feeds into so many other paths of life that yeah i do think that there's there needs to be like a housing should be a right like everyone should have housing food and um you be at yeah mm. what would you make it like i Whenever I see this disgusting, I I see some people quite often. Um, it's definitely like the pull yourself up by your bootstraps, which is a fucking stupid saying. But um, I see those people then arguing and saying, but people sometimes people need the fear of like nothingness, of like just destitution to like motivate them. I, do you know what? I agree with that because I've had a few friends that I've said they need to hit rock bottom before mm. they realize what they're doing. That doesn't go for everyone though. Not everyone, and you, you're t that. That's like giving a saying to people that are already at rock bottom. Do you know what I mean you can't expect someone who's already at rock bottom to need to hit even further rock bottom to gather themselves up? They haven't even had an opportunity to experience themselves at their best. So how can they know that they can do better than what they're at? Mm. Um, I do think that saying goes for people who are very egotistical and just don't see room for improvement in their life. If they think right, this is the best I'm going to do, then they do quite often need to hit rock bottom and then they'll gather their shit. Mm. But um, I don't think that can be applied to a mass amount of people because obviously a lot of people already just they've just been rock bottom the whole time, so they need an opportunity to see what it's like at the top. Yeah. Do you want to move that mic just like a little bit to the side, just because if you're speaking into the side of it, it's, the sound gets a bit weird. It's it's Did like I do it? it's, no 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 it's it's fine for now, but like you're moving like this way. And Sorry. Like, <laughs> no, it's just in my head that I just you know I want it to sound as good cool. as possible. Um, but yeah, I, I I definitely think you're right with the some people that works and some people it doesn't and i know i guess the whole the problem is most of the time with humans is like well this one thing works for everybody yeah it, like, it doesn't you know we're all people it's like it's almost like the same um this the the, the generalization of advice for people it's like how people also have this set timeline that you have to achieve certain things in your mm. life no you don't i'm sorry but like i'm i'm 23 and i'm i know that i've I'm quite more advanced in the field that I want to work in than a lot of people my age. Um, so I'm 23. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know a lot of like a lot of my friends. They're just like, don't know what I'm doing. They're still partying this, that, any other. And they come back and compare themselves to me. They're like, oh, Claudia, you've done this, you've done that. And I'm like, we've got different paths. Like we we generally have different paths. Like I've gone through things as a child that you haven't. You can't expect that, right? I used to think as a child, I was like, by the age of 26, I'm going to be married. I'm going to have kids. I'm 23 now. If someone was to tell me that by the age of 26, I'm going to have kids and be married, I would punch them in the face. It's <laughs> not happening. So I just feel like there's a lot of general people give advice and they're like, yeah, no, but it's going to be the same for everyone. And it's this like that piece of advice will be like, yeah, everyone needs to hit rock bottom before they think it doesn't it doesn't apply to everyone i would say do you know what it's, this might be might get annoyed at me saying this but i think that it applies you know you've got those people that are like all oh, these immigrants coming over here taking our jobs do, 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 do. those are the people that need to hit rock bottom because they're already like just they're just sitting there like yeah they ain't got a work i got a benefit immigrants come took my job can't have it and then 
they're the ones that need to hit rock bottom because when they they get lower they're like right i need a job now this isn't mm. cutting it mm. but not everyone so you think that for the people who are saying things like that they're like well can't get a job it's all the immigrants have taken it is like there's just an excuse yeah like they're just sitting there they're just <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's like, like secretly begging for like hundreds of thousands of like refugees because they're like please please like give me an excuse <laughs> to not have to work like, you know. yeah. but now that you say it like that i'm like no not necessarily no because they definitely don't want them over here but i feel like once they are here they're like oh, okay this is my excuse <laughs> this is my leg to stand on oh i mean i don't think you're like there's probably at least one of those people. Like, yeah, like that, that person definitely exists. Like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I guess it's uh, yeah. You can't you can't get like hung up on the one size fits all thing. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah one of the stupidest things. Like people, but again, some people guess they 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 set themselves out this path and then don't really want to deviate from yeah. it they, they're like right well this is how it's going to go and they you know they have their train tracks and they're like okay this is going to happen it's a very tunnel vision motion but that's i think that's the whole kind of like sheep mentality that people have do you know what i mean it's kind of like just following whatever someone's told you as a, as a kid that this is what you're supposed to do you've set yourself the like five-year ten-year plan right this is what i gotta do and then the moment something doesn't go according to plan it's like your whole life crumbles and that's no, why, why are you doing that? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. anything can change at any given moment. Like, come on, we've just just been told the planet's going to just go, the planet's dying. Do you know what I mean? And you're here worrying about, oh, 10 years, yeah, I've got to buy this mortgage. Why? Why? Don't. Just I tell people, live life by the day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a good, a good uh, tactic. The way society's going, yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah, plan anyway, for the future. I think we've all, yeah, we've all been shown that like plans are, you know, like yeah, was it life? Life is what happens when you're you're making other plans. To quote Lenin, mm. uh, <laughs> I don't think he was wrong. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, I've had I've totally had the same thing happen to me though. Like uh, I was in, I had a like a really long relationship, and then um, it ended kind of abruptly, and like for like a month or so, I was just like a mess. I was like. What am I gonna do with my life? It's because like I don't know. I've had like not everything laid out, but I, I yeah. had been like this. Like, I was in my 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 stream of like okay, so I'm gonna do this, and this is how it's gonna happen. And I, you know, you'd started to like put together like a vision for how your life was gonna progress, which like isn't a bad thing as such. Like is it's um the the idea of visualization yeah. I really really like because it's definitely a thing. Like you can you can make stuff happen by like laying out your end Man, goal and then and then being like your brain is amazing at filling in the gaps of how you get there. Is like when I wrote my first book, I just told everyone I was gonna write a book and to the point where I was like, Well, no, I gotta do it. No, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh yeah, I definitely I definitely buy that there's a there's a way to like visualize where you want to be and then like get there but without maybe planning the whole route yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. no because when you when you get so stuck up on like intricate details of everything it's like jenga if someone pulls the wrong block and it just go everything goes to shit so i mean it's just like you're like what do i do now i have no blocks left <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a really great way of putting it um so yeah, we you work for for Bywire News, and I know you don't want to get like super deep into the the blockchain crypto side <laughs> of things. But um, what has been the most exciting part of getting to work for Bywire News? And maybe like, do you want to like give people like a sixty seconds of like what is Bywire? 
so Bywire News is a decentralized news network that is stored on the blockchain. Um, so essentially Bywire News is a UK-based uh, organization that brings together um, the work of independent media organizations from the UK and eventually um, we hope to obviously broaden that out worldwide. Um, and essentially what we do is we bring independent media content, whether that's articles, podcasts, videos, onto our site um, and we provide them with we provide our readers with basically a, the security of accountability because everything that we feed onto our website is then stored onto the blockchain, which basically means that the person who's produced the content can no longer go back and change it, which is obviously um, something Dominic Cummings did with his blog post. When someone accused him of something, he went back and changed it. So it gives our readers the security that no one's going to, if they see something, no one's then going to go back and change it. Um, the technology that we also have uh, enables readers to actually make money from interacting with the um, with the content and then allow, gives them the opportunity to give that money to the person who's created the content. Um, and it's really just all about promoting the work of independent media and being able to provide um, the UK with news that, that people know that they can trust. Um, every single partner that we have... Um, on the Bywire website has been is a is either regulated by Impress or the NUJ, and we've also made sure that they've gone through checks that ensure they're not um, financially dependent on any type of corporate agencies or the government. Um, they're all independent. So that is a brief roundup of Bywire. Bywire is just great, and you should go and check it out at bywire.news. Um, but in regards to your question about what's my most favourite thing about Bywire, I think my personal experience with Bywire has been a really good uh, growing opportunity for me. So when I first started at Bywire, I actually was working on something called NBSN, which was a job I found on Indeed, um, which was meant to be like short YouTube videos, um, rounding up um, work from independent media organizations. So from the from what was known as the Media Fund back then, but now is the Independent Media Association. So um, it was basically collecting their work and creating video for them. Um, the organization shortly started to go under just as COVID happened, it just, it was not going well. Um, and Michael, who is the CEO of Bywire, um, was actually an investor in NBSN at the time. And um, I quit NBSN and he just kind of realized, I was doing my master's degree and he saw a lot of potential in me. So he was like, look, if you want to work for us, come out, make you a job. So I started working at Bywire. Um, it didn't really have a job title. I kind of do uh, editing, social media management, and then I also do like all of the admin stuff as well. Um, but from starting working at Bywire, because Bywire had this idea of bringing all of the independent media partners on, onto the blockchain and bringing them under, under one roof, I basically went from um, being like a fan of all of these independent media uh, groups messaging them being like oh my god i love your work da, 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 can i cover it on this email and then being like right do you want to meet in uh, to talk about this and be on our blockchain so uh, and it hit me pretty obviously at the time when i started working for bywire i think i was 21 so it all happened really quickly and i went from being like oh my god what am i doing to being like oh i feel very senior in this position and um I, my skills developed drastically because my skills in the stuff that I do now were limited because I just finished my undergrad, started a master's. I, most people that get into this field of work have like three years experience on their belt before they do it. Uh, so I'm very grateful to Bywire and Michael for giving me the opportunity to be able to better my skills now because now I, I present with them sometimes, I do my own thing. Um, so I think Bywire is just, it's doing a great thing right now because I like, I, Obviously, you've got loads of, you've got um, the Independent Media Association as well, which has already brought independent media together in the UK. But to have 
this extra level of security knowing that like um no one can go back and change what mm. they've written and bioware is also working on a fake news detector which basically means that like if you want to detect a piece of fake news you can go on our website and be able to analyze whether that is true or not um mm. so and i think in this day and age with everything happening that is something that's very crucial um so yeah bioware is just great i don't know what else to say other than that it's amazing and you should like if you're an independent media association get on bywire get on the bywire plugin uh our main goal is honestly just to promote the work of independent media work mm. though um and i think the other thing about bywire prior to actually working at bywire i was familiar with independent media organizations and i read um their work rather than um the mainstream media but it really really made me connected to the work of independent media organizations and i was able to discover i prior to working at bywire i thought there was maybe like seven mm. in the uk now i know that there's like hundreds um and i speak to j just under 100 of them so it really it gives you an opportunity to like separate yourself from the bullshit that is the government and the mm. bullshit that comes from the mainstream media i think me being as young as i am as well i was still very susceptible to be caught up in the bullshit of the mainstream media or be lied to by the government and to be like yeah no it's fine like they're, they're doing their job do you know what i mean it's oh. what they need to do it's yeah. fine i'll be fine but literally working at bioware i'm just like yeah no this is all lies. I can't deal with this. So, um, and now I've become like an advocate to all of my friends. I'm just like, yeah, no, don't listen. Don't don't read the BBC. Here, here's this article. Read that. Da, da, da. So um, I think the fact that it's opened my eyes to the world around me, um, I think that's that's probably my favorite thing about Bywire. Mm. I've said like three favorite things about Bywire, but that's, that's, no, that's right. Why. You're passionate <laughs> about it. Um, tell me more about this fake news detector. Because like, as soon as I see stuff like that, I'm just like, because I don't, I, 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 I'm like, I don't know, people like label themselves as like a free speech absolutist and I'm, I'm pretty much with those people, like, uh, like, false information can be countered, right, mm. but censorship can't, because they just shut people down, and I always believe that the best way to, to, like, if, so, if someone is like spouting some rubbish, right, like, the best way to make anyone who's listening to them like realize that they're talking rubbish is to literally sit down with them and just pick them apart yeah like that's for me that's always the best way i get really pissed off when people start censoring because it's like who are you to be the arbiter of yeah, like yeah. of of what is true and what is not especially when it's really difficult sometimes to like like some some someone might write like a like a whole article based on one thing and the one thing might be right and then everything they draw as a conclusion from it can be wrong and but the one thing they said at the start they're basing their thing on is right and then it's like right okay so what you've done is like you some of that's true and some of it's not so do you stop people saying the part that's true or do you do you know what i mean yeah you have to like work backwards with them basically so unfortunately i don't know how much i'm going to be able to tell you about it because it's just we've just i've just recently heard about it something that we've got in the works uh but it essentially from what i understand do you know what? i don't even want to say anything because if i get it wrong i'm just gonna they're just gonna call me and be like why did you say that um from what i understand it will basically if you come across a story um 
that you believe to be fake news, you'll be able to run it through the fake news detector on Biowire. Mm. And it basically searches the web for um, equivalent stories, any other information on that topic, and analyzes whether that is true or whether it would be false. Mm. I don't okay. want to say anything else in case even that is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair enough. I'm just, I'm just curious because, like, uh, again, like, I, I'm, I'm totally down with people being called out for being like spouting rubbish. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, I get, I get uncomfortable when I hear that people are like, well, we're just gonna like shut this down, especially like the, all of the censorship going on 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 Facebook and Twitter and stuff, and it like it started. Ooh. See, but it the thing is, censorship so on those social media platforms is always censorship of the wrong party, though. They never censor both parties. No. Whenever social media... I, mean, I think I think that's changing now, though, because like, I've watched so like, So it started with, like, three years ago. That was the first time they really started, like, yeah. removing people, and they removed mm -hmm. Alex Jones, like, simultaneously from all platforms. And, like, the guy is nuts. Fucking entertaining. Like, holy shit. And his right, I think, more than he's wrong... Um, but like he's clearly a bit yeah. unhinged. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd love to go for a pint with him because <laughs> um, that would be hilarious. Uh, but it started there, and then it's 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 progressed to the point where, like, everyone's like, oh well, it's just going to be Alex Jones. Mm. And then all of a sudden, then you're getting like I've seen left wing people being removed from Twitter and Facebook for having the wrong opinions. Like for example, um, a girl I interviewed, um, girl woman. <laughs> of that sex yeah um she um maram susli who is uh like a youtuber who talks a lot about the the syrian civil war mm. and um the the palestine uh, israel conflict and she was she's been like temporarily banned from twitter because she posted about how she thinks that it's bad that you're allowed to deny the palestinian genocide but not um the Uyghur genocide and because she's convinced that it's like a a, a washington think tank like psyop to make mm. us all hate china okay and it's like i've spoken to I, I interviewed a guy about the Uyghur genocide and like he seemed pretty genuine to me that's just like what i think but she was like pointing out the hypocrisy that you can say one is like not happening and not the other mm. and then she got like her account like frozen and so uh, uh yeah it's really it it it's really scary. See, but I, 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 they might be, do you know what? Yeah, fair enough. They are more on it than before because even Katie Hopkins, Katie Hopkins account, gone. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. But I still feel like I literally made an Instagram story two weeks ago and all I said in it is, watch me take this shot. I was taking a shot of tequila. I've got a COVID information banner at the bottom of my Instagram story because I said the word shot and they were like, if you're passing fake information about COVID, we have to da 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 And I was like, I'm not, tequila shots but then uh, two weeks later um me um my friend had posted this instagram profile that had basically just been posting uh indecent pictures of children um and she posted posted a screenshot of the profile and was like can everyone go and report this profile they're not taking it down blah 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 now the pictures obviously they weren't they were indecent that they weren't naked they weren't mm. because you can't post nudity on instagram it would get removed mm. but the pictures were obviously loads of people were trying to argue being like how do you know that this is like a pornography site for children if you went into the comments under the pictures you could see grown men with families married uh, commenting very vulgar stuff under the pictures so uh, me and about 1500 people on instagram collectively reported the profile for pornography and indecent images of children mm. 
I got a response within five minutes. So did all the other people from Instagram saying, sorry, this does not violate our terms and conditions for the thingy. One girl was smart and reported Instagram and said that it was copyright because the pictures didn't belong to the profile. Took it down within 30 seconds. No way. So they are improving on it, but they're, 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 it's like they pick and choose what topics they want to do it on. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, if you want to call someone a, like a politician a liar or something like that, or if you want to get very political, like the left wing, right wing, then yeah. But like even, um, what was it? Even only, I think today I read an article or yesterday that Twitter's only just responded to the racism that happened up following the Euro 2020. Mm. Like only just suspended loads of accounts. And it's like, mm -hmm. how long ago was it now? Do you know what I mean? Like mm. people were saying horrible things. People were sending death threats. And you, you it's taking you, what, two weeks to read a, something that literally says, I'm going to kill you, da, 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 and be like, oh, yeah, that's bad. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I had like serious, ser I was seriously pissed off at that whole thing because... Uh, like, first of all, like, Twitter, like, uh, if I, if, like, like you said, like, you mentioned the word shot, and they were immediately on it. It's like, are you seriously telling me you can't, like, take off people for, like, the, the like, really vulgar racist abuse? Like, are you seriously telling me you can't detect that? Like, are you actually serious? And then, like, it, it like, the, the, the article that was released by Twitter talking about it was so weird. It was like they they said that like the the accounts had been like um the the that was from the uk like more than from any other country mm. but they didn't say like how many accounts they didn't say like if that would like how many that is because that could have meant there was like one from a hundred countries and mm. two from the uk or it could have meant that there was like 99 from the uk and one other country mm. and and then we spent two fucking days talking about like I saw something that from Twitter that said it was five accounts from the UK. And I was like, are we seriously? Like, I, it really frustrates me sometimes. I'm like, look, we had, an, like, the, England had, um, like, a great campaign in the, the World Cup, played some good football, got to the final. I'm really disappointed that, that they, they, you know, didn't win, obviously. Um, would have been great to see. Uh, maybe would have, you know, made everyone a little bit nicer to each other. <laughs> At the minute, it would have been nice. Then we spent, instead of, like, looking at two days' worth of, like, here's the great stuff that mm. they did, we can be really proud of them. Like, even the, the I thought it was really beautiful the way they put all the, the flowers by the, the Marcus Rashford mm. mural. And it's like, instead of that, like, what you've done is you've given power to these, like, handful of people who decided to be really fucking disgustingly abusive. Literally. And you've, you've given two days of news coverage to them. I couldn't believe, like, how, how caught up we got in that. And it's a, it's a very triggering thing for people as well, like having to wake up. Then I've obviously a lot of my friends are black, black or just people of color. And I remember a lot of them like the day after the finals. I wasn't even in the country, but the day after the finals, they just turned off their phones because they didn't want to see. They don't want to be reminded that this is the country that we live in. Like mm. a lot of people like this still exist. Mm. Um, but you no, know, it was just it, Twitter is. Twitter is very unfiltered as it is. Like, you've got racist Roman on Twitter just even without the Euros happening. Um, so it's just... And I think then they upped the number of accounts. I think now it was like eight accounts or something like that. And you know what's funny? You've got people on Twitter that would do more of the work than Twitter itself. I People on Twitter found there was a guy who um, called the young boy, the 19-year-old player, Saka. He called him like a monkey or something like that. And the people on Twitter found the guy's work that worked that he worked at Savills, as in the uh, estate agents, contacted Savills, got a response from Savills, and got fired from Savills. And Twitter had, didn't even found his account, apparently. 
So it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, yeah, my, my my thoughts are always just like, like, why give power to these like handful of people? Mm. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't really like, I, I know, I don't, I don't particularly buy the idea that like Britain as a whole is really racist. Like, there's obviously some fucking idiots out there who are racist. But I, I, like, one of the things that I find actually like that was really interesting to me um, when I was writing my my first book about about Brexit um, was that. If you go through, like, so that every year they do this thing called the British Attitudinal Survey, right? Mm. And they go through, like, loads of different things, like, and they've been tracking it for forever. Like, different attitudes to, like, um, having, like, uh, being friends with someone of a different race, like, a member of your family, like, dating someone mm. of a different race. Um, then they've done, like, stuff on, like, uh, attitudes to, like, gay marriage, um, that sort of stuff. And you can, like, watch as the as the the opinions like have changed throughout and the the gay marriage one was really interesting because like i can't remember what year it was but there's like a really specific point and then like people's acceptance of it just goes like through the roof and it's really like cool how it just changes like that just... yeah which is like awesome mm. um and they find that that when they looked at like all of the places across europe is like britain is like the most accepting of like people from a, of a different race like in in day-to-day -day life like if you're going to be like dating someone uh friends with people like all of those is like britain's like one of the most accepting in the in the whole of europe which is like i find like really interesting um and quite like heartening in mm. a way because like people can talk about like structural racism or like um like the way institutions are set up and like mm. that's a different problem yeah, yeah, yeah. but like on a day-to-day -day basis at least it was quite like it made me feel quite happy i was like oh that's nice that like Obviously, Britain is like pretty good like compared to the rest of the world i feel like that's also it's because we're more exposed to different races though as well Do you know what i mean like the, the central europe isn't as exposed as we are um mm. obviously we've got loads of commonwealth citizens and stuff like that so we just it's just more common for you to um see a person of color or a person of a different race but um yeah no like London is still like the UK is thriving with diversity. I just shouldn't just say London because I'm mm. just very close-minded. But um, um, yeah, no, the UK is thriving with diversity, but you do get the handful of people. I don't well more than a handful, but you you do get the odd few people who are just outright racist. And I do think that a lot of the time they're fueled by the fact that obviously, like you said, you still have structural racism. That's like you said, a completely different story. But when you've got little things in the system that remind people, right here. Yeah, i can be racist because the system's racist that's what kind of keeps them going do you mm. know what i mean but i do also highly hope that it is something that will die out with generations mm. um because i do feel like um my generation and the generation above me and all generations below me uh are much more open-minded it's very hard to um find someone that well obviously you still find people that are racist but it's they're much more open-minded to even being educated about uh, problem issues that they didn't understand mm -hmm. before. Like when the whole Black Lives Matter movement happened last year, I had loads of like not loads of friends, but I've um, through my Instagram there were loads of people who tried to argue with me about the fact that like I'd gone to a Black Lives Matter protest, being like, "Oh yeah, all lives matter," and I'm like, "Yeah, they do, but they can't. All lives can't matter until you." put enough respect on a black person's life as you do on a white person's life and it, but people normally if you would try to argue that point with anyone else they'd just be like no, no, no because they're so set in their ways but mm. um i think you've really like generations coming like the generations that are growing up now are much more susceptible to being like right change my opinion if you've got a valid point i am willing to hear what you have to say mm. yeah i mean the, the the black lives matter protest or well I don't know, protests like 
whatever you want to call them. I don't, I don't, I don't even movement. It's a movement now, yeah. And the yeah, the 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 marches. That's the word I'm looking for that you had last year. Um, was like a really beautiful expression of like how many people actually care, and like something I found was really weird was that like people who had never given a fuck about racism were suddenly like on their high horse about it. Yeah. And that really pissed me off. Like I, I performative activism. Yeah, whole yeah, thing. exactly. And it, it, like so, someone that like I know has been, is is definitely a little bit racist. Yeah. Like went to one of the went to the protests, um, in Belfast in like one of the yeah marches or whatever. And he then was like, "Why were you know?" I was like, "Well, I mean, why are you I, here?" Yeah, I was like, I was like, "Why did you go when you've been like lecturing me about leaving the house because of COVID?" Um, but like you went to this this yeah. march and then he called me racist. And I was like, what? <laughs> like I remember watching like with horror some of these some of the videos that came out of America. Yeah. But like for like the last ten years, yeah, it's not been new. Like, Mike Brown, um, especially the Mike Brown case was awful. And, uh, it was this this guy who just got like choked out by the police. Mm. Um, there was like the names are absolutely escaping me right now. But because um, you're on the spot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like I remember being like horrified about these things for years. And like no one around me cared, and it's like fair enough. Like this is not your thing, whatever. And then they're like, but then like turn around and like lecture me. I was like, well, screw yeah. you, man. Like <laughs> realistically, if people like if if people all the people that came out in the UK, I and mean, let's not talk about America because they've got their own. Mm-hmm. Thing, but all the people that came out in the UK about for the Black Lives Matter movement, if you really cared about structural rate, well, not if you really cared, but if you were really familiar with everything that was going on. We had Mark Duggan back in 2011. We we have our own experiences of police brutality, and there mm. are loads of. Even I think I remember I was in 2015. There was a protest in London for modern day slavery um, of black people. Mm. Um, there was like 50 people at the protest. Mm. No one cared. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because it wasn't it wasn't out there for the world. It, people weren't shoving it down your throat to the mm. point where if you a lot of people went to that protest because they were like, right, if I don't go, people are going to look at me and think I'm racist. Yeah. You don't have to go to a protest. There's other ways for you to get involved. That's not, but do you know what I mean? Don't go and support something you don't believe in because that's just, like I said, performative activism. Another point leading on from that was actually you had, I don't know if you saw, but when the whole movement was happening, there was the whole Blackout Tuesday thing. Mm-hmm. That boiled my fucking blood. Yeah, mine too. Uh, <laughs> because I had I had friends of my own who were like, when I asked them, being like, oh, like, what are you doing tomorrow? And they're like, oh, nothing. I'm like, do you want to go to the protest? I'm like, nah, nah, thanks. Not even because of COVID. They just didn't want to go. I'm like, fair enough. But then they post this fucking black square on Instagram with some long fucking paragraph being like, oh my God, now is the time that we have to care about Black Lives Matter. The police brutality is so horrifying. Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, but what is this black square doing? Like, you think a person who's been assaulted by the police is going to look at this square and be like, wow, so touching. Thanks so much. And the most annoying part about it was so many people hashtagged Black Lives Matter with the square and it absolutely filled social media with nothing but black squares. So even people that wanted to find out information about protests mm-hmm. or look at the videos of shit that was happening, they couldn't because you would, I would scroll through my explore page or scroll through Twitter under that hashtag and all you saw was black squares. And it's like, what what goal were you achieving with posting the black square? Because mm. it doesn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was definitely like virtue signaling of the highest order. Yeah. Um, it's like, great, you posted that black picture. Like, oh, we solved racism. Awesome. Thanks so much. I actually got it. The first march that I went to for the Black Lives Matter, I actually got into a physical altercation with this couple who um, we were marching through Waterloo, I believe. Um, and this couple... They weren't with us from the start of the march. They just hopped in because they saw we were like in the middle of the road, stopping cars, 
everyone was peaceful. A couple jumps in, um, both of them white. Uh, they jump in and they just start being extremely loud. They don't even know what we're chanting. Like they're trying to pick up on the chants, but they're just like, bah, 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 bah. and then we're walking past the car that obviously the car's still driving. They're just driving really slow. And both of them start kicking this car. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you kicking the car? And obviously, because in my head, I was like, right, this isn't, majority of the people in this protest are black if police now come over and they want to start shit with us for apparently causing a violent protest or whatever this person in the car is going to say right these protesters have kicked my car mm. they're not going to look for the the two white people that i hear you know i mean we're already the, the whole protest is because of police brutality towards black people and you now think as a white person you're going to kick a car obviously you're not going to be the one that gets in trouble mm. for it so i literally I, I kicked the guy back and he was like what are you doing i was like what the fuck are you doing he was like i'm doing like i was like no you're not you're kicking a car like you're not protesting you're just being a hooligan for no reason i was mm. like please leave and he was like i'm supporting the group i was like you're not i was like no one wants you here just yeah. leave no i mean that's there's one of the things i get really frustrated about is like like violent protest never fixes it like the, the the everything from like the people who were like setting Baltimore on fire last year in America to uh, just any kind of like violent protest to like the idiots who fucking stormed the Capitol on January sixth yeah. like like do you think those two things achieved the goals you wanted or did that bring like more like brutality or more like policing powers from the yeah, state yeah it just makes the state want to just tighten down on everything even more don't get me wrong the only time i say react with violence is if someone's treated with violence if you're being met with like then outright or even mm -hmm. like uh, 2011 rights those started off peaceful got just ignored do you know what i mean they mm -hmm. chose violence then you respond with violence but solely you should never start with violence i think mm -hmm. peaceful protests are the way forward yeah because yeah, then at least you have the moral high ground like yeah like what do you make of the whole something that's kind of terrifying at the minute is the kill is the, kill the, the bill program. well the policing bill is yeah. the scary part yeah but like what's happened because we had like this beautiful <laughs> wave of protest um when when the bill was like first trying to go through uh the house of commons and then they shelved it for a few months but then they've just gone past it again and then it's like to crickets like what do you think's happened there i think there's um i think and uh, i had a conversation with uh someone not long about this actually i think there's been a a wave of distraction tactics from the government um to pass through a bunch of bills through parliament while everything's been going on um so you alongside the policing bill you had the immigration bill by Priti patel as well which she tried to pull through parliament while the whole matt hancock affair thing was going on mm. so i think it's just i think the government's been doing so much fucked up shit that people are just forgetting do you know what i mean it's like you need a constant reminder that like right guys remember they're doing this and the policing bill is absolutely absolutely scary like there's no other way to describe it other than scary you can get for knocking down um statue of a monument hmm. um statue of a slave owner you can get maximum of up to 10 years that is the same sentence that you can get for sexually assaulting someone and that's if you make it to court because hmm. nine times out of ten you definitely do not make it to court hmm. and that's scary the time in prison that you can get for assaulting a police officer has doubled even though a police officer in this country can still kill you with impunity and that the word that i'm looking for that is the word that i'm looking for so i think it's the policing bill is one of the most important things that they're trying to not important but like scarily important things that they're trying to push through parliament right now and not enough people are aware of it happening mm. i mean even if they are aware they just keep forgetting about it i feel like a lot of people just they, it gets pushed back to their, the back of their head because you've got so many other things being pushed in the media all mm. the time 
uh like even like you said the whole thing with the euros like do you know what i mean that that's another thing that people have to remember about they're just like oh yeah racism in the euros forget about the policing bill and it's not something you should forget about because it's going to really really if it if it goes through we are going to end up living in a draconian state mm. but hardly being able to do anything and then you've also got the um, not even like you're not allowed to be noisy it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous and then you what you had the they killed the bill protests in bristol uh i think the couple of people that got arrested there amongst the total of them they got 14 years in prison 14 years split between them obviously but i think there was only like four people or something like that so it wasn't a lot of people to get 14 years and it and that's just the start the bill's not even gone through so yeah yeah and then i don't know if people have seen this there was um there was like an art group that had made some some bits of like a i can't remember if it was like statues or like murals um but it was basically like something anti the tories mm. and they'd stormed the like art art like building with like 30 police officers and he's like like people like but what like that, that is a police state like that, that's... we've got so many other things in this country that we need to be worrying about like knife crime for us to be worried about people and i don't think people in this country protest enough quite frankly for mm. people to be now trying like oh yeah we need to clamp down on protests clamp down on what protests we need to be more like france Whenever they don't like something, they're just like, that's it, we're going out to the streets. They take it a bit too far, but... Um... Yeah. I mean, then the BBC don't, like, the, the those those yellow vest protests were going on for fucking, like, weeks and weeks yeah. and months they rolled on for, and the BBC, crickets. Like, Nothing. The thing, the thing that was really pissed me off about the BBC coverage is um, of the, like, there's been, there's been, like, months of, like, anti like lockdown and anti-vaccine passport protests and like yeah okay there's definitely a fucking bunch mm. of nutcases in there but like i don't care what you what your opinion is on the protest is like that is happening there is like hundreds of thousands in some cases of people on the street and they just say nothing and it's like that is that is just like i don't care what you think of the protest it's like it's happening just let people know that there's yeah. something happening yeah no the, B it's a, the bbc is just a very oh. The BBC is just, I think it's the worst of them all, to be honest with you, because the BBC is meant to be a public service broadcaster. They're, they're supposed to provide a service to the public, and they don't. They just act as a mouthpiece for the government and mm. nothing else. Um, and they're the ones who are very much like, right, no, we're impartial. We're very impartial. We're non-biased. And quite frankly, a total impartiality is bullshit. We're human. Um, every human has an opinion. The trick is not being impartial. The trick is letting someone know right. I'm part. I'm partial to, to it being this way. I'm my. I'm my opinion sways this way. I'm more left than I am right wing. Just be transparent with people and where you stand. Mm. So then, when you give them the information, they know what perspective they're looking at it from. Do you know what I mean? And that's why I think the BBC is so problematic because they're very much like, no, we we don't pick a side. You do. Yeah. You do. And you're making. You're force feeding people. You're making people believe that you don't pick a side subconsciously making your side their side. Mm. Um. So yeah, I think the BBC. BBC is just. Yeah. BBC keeps quiet about a lot of things. Like, for example, the Andrew Marr show. Um, how many politicians do you have going there? And Andrew Marr just, they're like, hello, say your name and tell me everything you want to tell the world. And then when you've got a Labour MP going there, he's just like, no, you fucking that better. Like, how are you going to pay for that? Like, how are you the opposition? You're not doing anything correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, they, yeah, the BBC are a joke, if I'm honest. I'm interviewing, like, later on, a girl who's, uh, who works for BBC Panorama. Um, and I'm not sure how much they're allowed to say about, like, the, what they... Do. Like, I'm not sure how much they're allowed to comment on the work of the BBC. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, because I want to ask, it's like, what do you think when people say, hey, 
you're like propping up the establishment mm. like what like does that like i don't know do you are you aware of these criticisms like is this something you listen to do you realize that like your boss technically is like just an ex-Tory donor or not even ex-Tory donor like a current Tory donor like <laughs> I almost feel like BB I feel like a lot do you know what? I feel like the BBC has so many employees that a lot of them get just as brainwashed as the general public mm. um when I was when I first started studying journalism I was like yeah my goal is to work for the BBC ask me now if, I, if someone offered me a job at the BBC I would spit in their face there is no way I'm ever going to work for those um <laughs> bastards um but yeah no I think and I feel like obviously you've got the odd few people who are like very aware of what the BBC does, but then you you do have people who are just like what young people who've been offered a job by the BBC. They love journalism, and then only five years down the line do they realise they're like, wow, mm. I've been feeding the public absolute bullshit for the last five years because yeah. they've been exposed to something else. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And if they don't get exposed to that alternative view, then they'll just carry on living under the BBC's little umbrella, thinking that yep, I'm doing the right thing, yeah. and you're not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, like it's interesting. Like, uh, there's a, a family friend of mine who who is um, he like does the obituaries in the Telegraph. Mm. I think um, he's very like old fashioned, like very set in like his worldview, and he he's like he was in like the police and the military and stuff. So it's like, look, I understand why you are like you are, but he's like um, he's like trying to help me in my career a little bit he's like he put me in touch with a guy who like does uh like pr work for for people and like to look at my channel and and uh and everything and my podcast and stuff and the, um, they both came back to me with like the same thing they both said it's like hey you know some of your interviews are really great um they're a bit long you know people don't want to watch that um and you know you, if you want to work for the the bbc or something like that in the future like you know you should be editing down to like three four minute segments like that's what people want and i'm like you just you, you're in another world like, you, <laughs> this is not where i want to go yeah but it's not even that it's like i don't know i always think that that kind of attitude is is like very it's it's like quite condescending of people or it's like i don't know you're like looking down on the general public a little bit because yeah. like um and i've heard this point made quite a few times it's like people 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 are fucking smart like they can handle a lot it's like like for example they used to think on tv you could only have like your 20 minute like sitcom you know you could that's all people could handle you know, oh, the you know people don't want like a really complicated story. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like you know people want their their twenty minutes, their their story resolved in that, and everything is like self-contained, and that's it. Because you know people can't handle complicated stories. And then the biggest fucking show in the world was Game of Thrones, and it's the most complicated, like like <laughs> like looking at the families and the different betrayals and all. I can names. name every like the Starks, all of them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And like pe people have like a. People, people are way smarter than we give them credit for, basically. You I need think. to engage them. That's, that's the trick. You need to, and do you know why people get, as technology advances, our attention span lowers, so you really just need to figure out a way to engage them. But, um, yeah, no, people, people, like you said, people are way smart and people want information. But I feel like it's media that's made people dumber because over time we've cut out information and we're just like, right, we're just going to give you the what, where, who, and why. Mm. Um, and quite often they don't even give you the why. They just give you the what, where, who. <laughs> and then you have to figure out the rest of yourself. And it's like, if that's all the information you're going to give me, that's all my my brain is going to be used to taking in. Mm. You know what I mean? And then you have to take yourself out. Like, you have to take out your... Well, you have to do it in your own time to actually research these things and get the information that you need because the mainstream media is not going to give it to you. Mm. They're just like, right, this is what the government said. 
Yeah. That's what I'm going to yeah. tell you. Like, that's that's what's happened. And, like, uh, something that actually happened earlier in the, uh, really early in the pandemic, and it, I was just like, hang on, this is a bit weird. This is a bit fucked up. Like, the, the government, like, start, they, there was one day in particular, they had, like, a scheme set up, that I can't remember the name of, but where they would be, they, they paid for loads of ads in all of the mainstream papers, just the mainstream mm. papers. Um, and then they paid them all to print the same headline. And it's like, it was about, uh, I can't remember what it was, something to do with like social distancing yeah, and masks. Yeah. Or like, fair enough, like public health, I understand why it's been done, but like just that idea that the government is paying all of the mainstream press is just like, is there a conflict of interest there? Like, are you not meant to be kind of it's like... Literally like a, it's, it's like them holding up a placard that says, we control the media, look at what we can do. And people are still like, oh yeah, no, we've got a free press. We don't have a free press in this country. Like, please just, if you're going to take one thing away from this interview, just know that we don't have a free press in this country. <laughs> <laughs> like, how how much do you think that the mainstream press are dead? Because like, um, there's like there's two sides of it to, to, to me at least anyway and, and I was watching um, an interview with uh, Chris Williamson whose YouTube channel is Modern Wisdom <laughs> he does like a lot of like fitness mm. lifestyle -y sort of stuff um, and he was interviewing Jordan Peterson mm. and they were talking about like the mainstream press and they, they said that like the death of like the mainstream has been so fast that no one has even noticed that like it's it's they've died like their their influence upon like my generation and like your generation like you're i guess like i'm the tail end of the millennials mm. you're probably a zoomer yeah um and they uh it's just to us like it, just, it barely exists like we don't sit down and watch the news the six o'clock okay. news every yeah. night no like we, we're not watching like what's happening on channel four like whatever program they've got on like the the the, the and even just papers like read like when was the last time you went, ooh, you know, I'm going to need to need a I don't even see newspapers on the underground the way I used to. Like, you used to, like, a couple of years ago, you used to walk on the underground and be like, you would ask someone, are you done with your paper? you take it off them and read. Don't see that anymore. You just see people, you sit on them if they're wet or something like that. You don't, you don't. And even with my generation, for example, even when I see uh, people posting articles from the mainstream media, they're going to, they, they're talking shit about it most of the time, being like, what the fuck are these people on about? What kind of representation is this? And there is like this uh, big culture on social media right now of um, the general public calling out the mainstream media when they do something wrong. Or like, I don't know if you've seen on Twitter quite a lot of the time, you have, um, it happens a lot with race in with matters towards race. When you've got um, Sky News will post, um, being like, oh, uh, boy found dead, murdered by da 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 whatever, and they'll the boy who's dead will be black, but they'll use a mugshot of him and then thingy, and then people basically quote tweet their headlines and like oh, change the headlines and they like think he meant to say da da da, or they provide them with alternative pictures. So people are very much like fuck the mainstream at this point, mm. but um, I still think there's obviously like a large portion of people who mm. aren't, or even even if they're not getting mainstream media from mainstream sources like tv or newspapers and stuff like that they're still going onto their websites or onto their social media so they're still getting what they're saying but yeah. just from alternative technology has pretty much eradicated like mm. traditional media do you know what i mean like you mm. know no one like even the most you i'll probably say is like what the radio because like you go into a cab and if you're not playing your own music you're going to listen to the radio but mm. yeah i mean i feel like we actually uh, in northern ireland we have that a little bit more we've got like a there's this guy, uh, Stephen Nolan, who's just like complete outrage merchant. Like he, he's just like the the lowest common denominator of like, and 
people in in the rest of the uk don't even get this but like we still have a lot of fights that are about religion and about like mm. the the nationalists versus unionists and like he'll the the joke that we make is is like it's demons versus usins right so it doesn't matter who you are it's like oh well it's demons they're the problem <laughs> not usins no 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 we're fine like they're they're the problem <clears throat> and and he's actually like really widely listened to but i still feel that like there's a there's an extent to which the mainstream press are still the ones setting the agenda of like what's discussed and yeah. we have to like i don't know i don't know how we get past that because we have to figure out and someone in the uk and i know by why are trying to do this like needs to provide like a different source of media especially like video news yeah and uh, i don't know maybe, maybe you can tell me now about what by are doing <laughs> So no, wait, I wanted to comment on what you said first. I do agree with you. I feel like there's there's like a certain value with um, news, like people to pick and choose what's important on, to speak about. And it's only like once once the mainstream media picks up on it, it's like, oh my God, we have to report about this as well. Um, and I feel like uh, for, do you know what, for, I'm going to uh, plug two of our partners right now who are very good with video work. And actually quite often, uh, for example, you had the protests in Colombia. I don't know about them until um our one of our partners alborada um made it so they they pretty much do like latin american news um and they did a video on the protests in colombia and it wasn't until like two weeks after that um video did the mainstream media cover it and then i saw loads of other people picking up on it then we've also got uh real news and real media they both do video work um real news um they both Real media, sorry, uh, often covers work with like Extinction Rebellion and uh, Palestine Action as well. So they uh, do a lot of that kind of work. Um, but yeah, no, there is definitely like even, it's like the world doesn't care until the mainstream media reports on it. Do you know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like, oh, it's, it, we know it's happening, but like how important is it until mm -hmm. they pick up on it? Um, yeah. But Everything's dangerous conspiracy theories until they say it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like... And it, it, it shouldn't be that way because it's why do they get to pick and choose what's important? Because quite frankly, a lot of the time they're going to pick something that's not important or something mm. that's just going to distract you from something that is actually important. Mm. Um, but I do feel like if... I think a lot of our independent or a lot of BiWire partners um, actually are able to... A lot of them are investigative, um, obviously, organisations, so they are able to get that information, like, certain put, put, push out certain stories before the mainstream media get them. Uh, I think even BiWire, we pushed out a story that got ended up having to be picked up by uh, the mainstream media because there was so much backlash about what we had discovered. It was something to do with um, the... Um, Matt Hancock, health secretary, having stake in a uh, one of the in a company that got a COVID contract or something like mm -hmm. that. It was his sister's company or something like that. Oh, how lucky! Uh huh. Uh, very lucky. Um, by the way, I hate saying cronyism because cronyism is just corruption. It's no, just it's a just sugar, horrendous, sugar corruption um, mm -hmm. for thingy. Um, but yeah, so we basically. Can I just interlude there? Anyone who is listening to this and who is not furious, and like I actually mean like blood boilingly furious about the amount of money that has been given to donors and mates of the conservative party under the premise of like fighting covid should be just like because they have stood on the fucking graves of the uh. people who have died to hand the money to their mates like that is the most abhorrent thing and it's not just like random ethereal money because like as much as um a government a government's like yeah budget doesn't work the same as a household it is it is like it is going to be paid for 
by you and your kids and your grandkids and they have just stolen that money under From the premise of like look taking care of you like and they're trying to make it back by like doing a 20 pound cut to universal credit and other shit like that all because like track and trace was an absolute disaster the amount of money that got thrown into the absolute mud i'm pretty sure we could have solved homelessness with it there's so, many things, that, yeah. there's so many things you could have fixed and it just you know, it's got thrown into that the fucking ground like they're flying a helicopter from fucking mars for two billion and tracking well, it wasn't there another thing the other day about uh, boris do you know what no the way this government spends money is absolutely ridiculous and people should like you said people should have their blood boiling because it's, it, it's not their money it's taxpayer money we're here like oh yeah you have to pay your taxes oh yeah, yeah you know but what for you to just throw money in the dirt um Oh, yeah, so, right, so by the way, I picked up on this story about Matt Hancock handing his contract, um, and because we wrote the story, and so many people were outraged by it on social media, loads of people started basically tagging the BBC and all these other mainstream media outlets, being like, why are you not covering this? Why are you not covering this? It's like outright corruption, why are you not covering this? Um, so they were forced to basically cover it, I think a couple of mainstream media outlets did something, even UK fact check politics whatever mm -hmm. they are that little organization they um did the story and they had the audacity to uh put the independent as the source when we were the ones that did the story because they couldn't even credit that, that little bit of credit could not go to the independent media and i was just like do you know what fuck you fuck you you have the audacity to call yourself uk fact check and politics and you can't even give us the credit but yeah yeah i mean i think the rise of the 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 the, the like fact check thing has been really dangerous like because the BBC will just do like fact check and then people like now automatically think it was like, oh well, you know, they're telling the truth. It says fact check. Um, and then it's just like Until someone changes the fact yeah. five minutes later. I think there was even a story um about one of the health ministers basically saying he said something wrong, but he said something so wrong that it could have completely spun the whole of the UK. I had my friends sending me the article because I was vaxxed. So they were like, oh, yeah. Basically, he said he meant to say that 60% um, of the people who were getting admitted mm -hmm. were not vaxxed. Mm -hmm. But he said that 60% of the people that were getting admitted were vaccinated. Mm. And all of the Reuters put it out. So many different mainstream outlets had put it out mm. as that was the headline. Health minister says 60% of people getting admitted are vaccinated. Mm. My friends were sending it to me being like, ha you why did you get the vaccine? So stupid. You see, you, 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 gave, you gave yourself to the government and you, you're not, you're going to catch COVID anyway. And people, I saw people screenshotting it, post, posting onto Instagram being like, all you people that got vaccinated, what did you get vaccinated for? Mm. Literally two minutes later, I refreshed the Reuters site. There was a new story being like, correction, duh, 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 duh. and I was like, see, see how quickly you can send the world into turmoil. Just, mm. And especially considering how volatile people are with the whole vaccine thing, you've mm. got so many anti-vax people yeah. that I was just like, that is not the right thing to do. Like, really just proofread what you're saying. I mean, just yeah. double check it. Just... I think, yeah, I think that speaks to like lazy journalism as well now. Like the most, like most people who are working for like the, the <sighs> Telegraph or any of those like mainstream papers, like they just, they're not actually doing like journalism like as such. They're just like re repeating yeah, something no, that someone else. Because if said. I had heard that, I would have been like, "Are you are you sure that's what you meant to say? Did you yeah, mean yeah. to say sixty percent of all people yeah, like, yeah. are act like what? Where where were the people in the press conference being like, like um, hello? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and and like you say, like it's such a like people are getting so people are like um. What was it joe rogan put it beautifully the other day actually when he was talking about it he said like people it's like when when you um 
when you are like leaving your house and something pisses you off, like you've had like a fight with your girlfriend, and then you leave the house and then your your like bins are in the way of the car and you like clip them and knock it over <laughs> and then like you're leaving your house at eight, like you're all and then you get in traffic and you're like fuck you, <laughs> you get like really animated about it and like everyone is like on on basically everything at this point. I don't know, they're all at like they're at eight, they're already oh, there with that level I'm of just anger. waiting for sometimes to send them over the edge. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is uh, yeah, not good for for the world. I think everyone probably just needs to calm down a little bit. It's like you know, if you if you if you've had your vaccine, sweet, awesome. Yeah, want to like, get it. That's like, what, fine. That's like, why my housemate kind of she's not anti-vax, but she is. Do you know, what? I'm not even going to sugarcoat you. My one of my housemates is anti-vax, and um, she quite like, believes. Is, is it like the what? Is it this one specifically, or is it like? All this, this one specifically okay. she doesn't agree with that which I, which i totally understand i understand her reasons for it she every other vaccine in the world has taken years to develop and now all of a sudden we've whipped on this one out of nowhere mm. i get it um there are reasons for people to be against it there are reasons for people to be pro-vaccine mm. um but she actively will send me like stories of things like of people going through things because of the vaccine or like different articles about things that have gone wrong with the vaccine and i just sit there and i read them and i'm like just stop like, I'm not here sending you pro articles about why you should get the vaccine or sitting at your bedroom being like, get the vaccine. Because yeah. I, I don't care. Do what you want to do. That's why I, I, I'm, I believe that the vaccine is the right thing to do, but I'm not going to be telling other people that. Mm. And I also don't believe that forced vaccines are appropriate. Mm. No one should be forced to do anything. Um, mm. Yeah. It, so, yeah, that, that's where I yeah. stand on that. Yeah, I mean, the thing, yeah. Like, I know uh, we said we'd maybe mention this briefly is like the... We've talked about like how horrendously corrupt the Tories are, yeah. and we've talked about like the 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 sort of ongoing police state with the the policing bill and um, things like their their threats about like trying to prosecute journalists. The official under the secret, S- the new yeah. the new developments on the official secrets act. I was going to actually mention that earlier. Yeah, that's just mm. yeah. And the thing is, this is why I mean another thing. I don't think people the official the whole thing with the. Um, official secrets act i don't think like the general public even picked up on that like i saw a few people talking about it but no one's actually understood what it means and i think obviously the whole thing that you've got today you've got julian assange's um case as well mm-hmm. the appeal against this case and then also you've got the thing that happened with craig murray recently and i feel like you, you can't you can kind of see it happening already do you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's it's coming into place but now that they're trying to push a bill forward to let you know that like if you're using using documents that aren't whatever aren't qualified to be used that is just bullshit how else are you meant to publish information unless you've got a leaked document that's like you telling a police officer being like right you can't use that criminal to tell you information like you can't use an anonymous anonymous source if journalists can't use an anonymous source then a police officer should not be able to use an anonymous source either. Mm. Do you know what i mean you can't it, it doesn't it's just really much it's a very clear sign of the government prohibiting the journalists from being able to hold them to account mm. not that the mainstream media does it anyways mm. but it's now like a basically just a slap on investigative journalists and the independent media because i feel like they know what we're trying to do i mean they're like we're going to stop you guys before you even get there yeah yeah um yeah just make that just like a little bit closer to your face there um the yeah and i don't i don't get and if anyone is watching this and can like help help me understand because i see um Femi, actually, I'm I'm looking at you specifically because you piss me off about this. It's like you you can tweet and make videos about how the UK government is authoritarian and fascist and really dangerous and like I'm not sure fascist is the word I would use, but like they're definitely authoritarian and very very dangerous mm-hmm. right now. But you're fine with the vaccine passport thing, and the 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 thing that concerns me is is not the idea that like 
people should like get vaccinated, right? The thing that concerns me is that the NHS app has the capacity to have your information about your family, about your lifestyle, about your criminal behavior, and best of all, your alleged criminal behavior. Mm. And when that is on the thing, the pass that is like granting you access to places, it's just like, please, please stop being so naive that the Tories won't abuse this. Yeah. Like, that's so scary. It's just going to divide people even further from the rich and the poor. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. just going to divide, like, you can have what alleged crime of theft yeah. for, because you couldn't afford bread and then you're mm. not going to get let into somewhere yeah. because you're in a supposed criminal. Yeah. I, oh, it's not even that. It's like, look at the policing bill. It's like, you can, like, they can, if they have that, they can be like, well, well we're alleging that you were at that protest um, and that turned violent and we had to shut it down and therefore, you know, we're going to take some of your rights away. Oh, well, yeah, you yeah. shouldn't have been at the protest. <laughs> No, I didn't. I didn't actually realize that you could even access the uh, pass, like the vaccine pass, in the NHS app until recently. I just had that little card that they give you when you get the vaccine. It's mm, literally yeah, a paper yeah, card. Yeah, I yeah. That's what I needed. And when I traveled to Portugal, they were like, "Let me show me your vaccine thing." And I just took out this paper card, and they were like, "This isn't it." I was like, "Yes." They didn't is. take the paper card, really. <laughs> they they did after oh. a while because I just, I didn't realize I had anything else. I just argued with the woman. I was like, "Listen, this is what you get in the UK. This yeah. is what the NHS is giving me. This is what you're getting." Um, so they let me through, but then after when I came back, someone told me you can get it in the NHS app, and I was like, that's ridiculous. I was like, that's really ridiculous. Like, I, I've had so many other vaccines, mm. and I'd have never been could... given a pass. Like, I've had the BCG twice. Do you think someone gave me a pass? Being like, yeah, just so you can, do you know what I mean? Like, you've had a rubella vaccine. No one gave me a pass to show people that, like, right, hello, I can come into this country, got my rubella. No, just give me a stamp in my passport, like other things, do you know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And to think that, like, do you know what? I would maybe a bit more like, yeah, vaccine passport to travel the world while COVID is still active. Mm. I understand. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. While it's still active in whatever countries you're trying to travel to. Mm -hmm. The moment it stops being active, no, no, let me travel wherever I want. The, 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 the vaccine itself then is futile. I don't need it anymore. What's mm. the point? Do you know what I mean, I only needed it to prevent the virus. Mm. But the idea of needing a vaccine to get into a fucking nightclub mm. or a pub yeah. or it's a not even the idea that. that like you need the, the vaccine specifically to get in somewhere it's that you have to scan your thing that's the part that i'm like that's gonna get abused yeah it's like the tories have abused every single thing that's possible yeah like they have prorogued parliament to stop debate they tried to like force through their like henry the eighth powers when they were trying to pass the brexit bill like they have um they just like 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 whip out the authoritarian handbook and just like tick off all the things that they're trying to do and then but like but they're totally not going to abuse this like that's the that's the opinion that confused yeah no yeah if people if people are just very clueless though that's why i'm that's like like Scared, what i said to you at the beginning yeah people are like very all it takes is for politics is show business all it takes mm. is for boris johnson to put on a good show and people get very caught up in what's happening mm. um like the fact that, like, how do you think he is still poll? Like, how do you think the Tories are still polling at like forty percent? Like, what is your like? Why do you think that is? Do you trust the polls? And like, like, why do you think they are still polling that high? Um, first of all, I would not one hundred percent trust the polls. I went viral on Twitter in two thousand nineteen because I was meant to vote for the first time in my life uh, since being in this country. Um, um, I've finally got my citizenship, etc., etc. Prior to that, I was a Polish citizen, so I couldn't vote. Um, got my citizenship. They sent me a polling card four times. I called them. I was like, "Can I vote?" They were like, "Yes." Like we've run you through the system. You can definitely go vote. Went down to the polling station, and 
because I had gone down and I had my Polish passport in my hand because I hadn't received the other one yet. Mm. Um, and I needed some form of ID. Mm -hmm. I took it out and the woman just saw the front of my passport and saw that it wasn't English. I was like, you can't vote. I was like, yes, I can. Mm. Um, and they were like, no, you can't. And I was like, yes, I can. I'm a British citizen. Like, you can run all of this through the system. I, I'm a resident. I'm a citizen. Mm. I'm of age. I literally live down this road. I can vote. Um, and they started a whole sh like a thingy with me telling me that I can't vote and escorted me out of the polling station. I went onto Twitter, wrote about what had happened. Uh, about 50,000 people had retweeted it and about 2,000 people from across the country had messaged me saying that the same thing had happened to them. A girl had messaged me saying that... Um, a, girl, a separate girl had messaged me saying that she had gone down with her whole family and they all had British passports, but one of the people took their French passport with them instead because they just couldn't find their British passport. Mm. Everyone with the British passport was allowed to vote. The person who took the French passport, they were like, no, you can't vote, even though they had citizenship. Uh, and they were born in that country. They only got a French passport because they wanted a French passport to have on the side mm. because they were a French nationality. Um, so I don't think that the polls are necessarily reflective of everything that goes on. Uh, another thing to do with the polls, I think a lot of, the time i know i definitely did this with the 2019 election i was like labor's gonna win because everyone in london was voting corbyn but i didn't look past london or like past the cities in like the more rural parts of england people are conservative even poorer people are conservative because that's just they there's certain ideals that the conservative government pushes forward that yeah they, they believe is like the most important. yeah they think that like yeah right this is what i want to do i also think now um they're going up in the polls because there's no there's no real opposition i think jeremy corbyn gave us a chance of actually standing up for mm. um the working class and shit that people believed in whereas under starmer it's just like you've basically got a weaker boris johnson mm. so, i mean at least boris johnson's standing in what he what he believes in, and he's like yeah this is what i want to do even though he u-turns literally every single one of his decisions but he's bold in the kind of person that he is whereas starmer's just like ah. mm. he's just a bit soft i mean he's just mm. not really anything you can't and that's the thing like People want a leader, even if he's not a good leader. Boris Johnson is more mm. of a leader than Starmer, mm. um, and that's why, like, that's why I also feel like Trump got was present for so long because, like, politics is show business. If you know how to put on a show and you know how to engage people and make them believe what you're saying, you might be spatting out absolute bullshit. But if you get people so riled up and excited in what you're saying, they're going to be like, right, no, this guy's going to make a difference. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing that like I got really, I got really concerned about. Like I noticed it early on, like that when when Boris was like, or sorry, Mister Johnson, I shouldn't do that because um, he's not my mate. He's a he's a very corrupt politician. Um, but when he was uh, first running for leadership at the Conservative Party, uh, there was like some clips from from Have I Got News for You when he was a host that came up on YouTube, and I like clicked and I was like, this be interesting, like what he was like. He was really funny really entertaining yeah, that's the thing and and the, like would you remember that that thing where he came out with the i cannot remember what the scandal was but he came out to all the journalists with the tea in front of his house yeah yeah, yeah. it's like that was really funny he was an entertainer and yeah. that's like the same thing if you look at trump trump was a tv personality before he became president yeah and they've been the two most like damaging mm. yet influential leaders that both countries have had mm. and that's because politics like realistically if politics was politics for what it is actual policy mm. Benny, bernie sanders and jeremy corbyn would have been elected a long time ago the only hope dream but because people are so focused on like being entertained and 
quite frankly, I think people are addicted to drama, mm. especially like especially because of the the media is so focused on only telling people negative news. News to people is only tragedy. There's no such thing as good news, mm. really. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Hard hitting news is hard hitting news. So people are very prone to being told bad stuff and negative things. So constant <laughs> electing someone that's constantly gonna give you that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It brings excitement to your life, and quite frankly, a lot of people's lives yeah. don't have that. So they. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can see the US media like scratching around for the new Trump because like they, they have no idea what to do now because he was like the he was like the ratings beast for so long. You can you can see them like searching for their new villain and they've tried uh, like Tucker Carlson and what's the name of that, that congresswoman um, Marjorie Taylor uh, Green, I think her name is. And they like, but they can't. They can't get anyone that's like that has the same. I don't know, this like Trump. click rate. Yeah. Who was like, and they're and... literally memes. They are memeable people, and especially that's the thing in 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 the generation that we live in, a social media age that we live in, being able to be changed into a meme or a gif automatically installs you into the minds of young people mm. and that's that's where it's scary because if you're if you're someone as entertaining as boris johnson i've made memes of boris johnson mm. do you know what i mean and i find them funny but i know what i'm making the meme of but if my 12 year old brother was to see that he's just looking at that picture being like that guy's funny mm. not looking at what his actual policies or what his ideals are about life he's just like that guy's funny i like him so i mean my little brother definitely i had a argument for so many times because he saw so many trump memes he was like i had donald trump can i get a trump t-shirt i was like no you cannot get a trump t-shirt like no and i had to give him like a two-hour lecture be like no we don't believe in make america great again we don't like trump oh i mean the memes like i and like they were really funny again that's the that's the like 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 i said with boris johnson is like that's the that was the, the problematic part of it it's just like he was so funny like uh, one of the funniest things that i ever saw by trump was the this it was like it was a beautifully made like piece of like memeing it was like a video from you know in in toy story when they have the uh the scene um where the the songs like strange things are happening is playing yeah, yeah. and it's like all the stuff changing from like buzz or from woody to buzz uh they had it like changed from like all the stuff changing from like hillary and democrats to like Trump stuff and then there was this this moment where it like changed from like hillary like the poster of hillary on the wall and then um like prison bars appeared over the front of it and i just i was i was so hard because it was it was really funny and like and that's like what's happened to politics and that's the worst part of it is that like the memes now run the world yeah like it's not serious like discussion the memes yeah no if you if you if you are able to make a good meme you can win a whole campaign mm. if you just have that one meme to run run on is and that's where social media is really powerful but it's also very scary i think meme culture itself um has implications that are very harmful especially to younger generations because people just don't people don't acknowledge the sheer amount of power that they have and quite frankly i read somewhere um because i wrote an article on this as well about meme culture uh, i read somewhere that um a lot of articles actually start i mean sorry a lot of memes actually originate from subreddits with racist origins or homophobic origins but mm. people just don't know what they've been made like what what the idea behind making that meme was mm. so then when they circulate back on social media everyone's like oh they, yeah no they're fine da, 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 da. they're not they, they've got something behind them mm. even like the, the like the pepe meme yeah 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 like pepe Pepe, Pepe, was, Pepe the Frog. Pepe was so problematic. Pepe, I love but Pepe, like, but like so the, 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 the question I always have about that stuff is, is like, look, if if the the 
if the intention or if the meaning of the thing is no longer like if the undertones or where it began is no longer where it's at is it still problematic do you know what i mean because like because you can there's there's loads of stuff that that you can like say well that like the origin of that was bad yeah but it's not like where the origin is no longer what it means and the, because like because of the way especially that memes specifically actually like evolve and change mm. like is that still do you think problematic i think you can kind of i think you can separate i think some like for example pepe obviously if you completely remove that kind of meaning behind it and use it as a soul mm. for humor purposes then obviously no mm. because you, you're not associating that with it and so it means that people you're passing it on to won't associate it with it mm. but uh, there are certain memes for example there's this image i don't know if you're familiar with it there's this image of a um, black woman were walking past a news reporter and she's looking at them with a really, really salty face. She's like screwing them. She's like, mm. and people use it all the time. Mm. Like people will be like, oh, when someone asks me this and I'm just like, mm. the meme actually originated from when Grenfell happened and loads of news reporters showed up outside and the woman was a resident of Grenfell mm. and she was pissed off because she was like, why the fuck? I'm about to cry because I'm very uh, emotional about Grenfell. She was pissed off and was like, why the fuck are all of you here? But you can't, no, yeah, none, yeah. no one can get anything sorted. Like you're just all here reporting on the tragedy that's happened, but we've still got so many people missing and no yeah. one's trying to find them. Mm. So that, I think in that sense, that is where I think separating the meat, the origin from the mean is actually quite harmful because you've then, you're then passing around a very, tragic image mm -hmm. and people are making it into a joke and then that's that kind of tip in my head in my opinion it kind of diminishes the seriousness of grenfell mm -hmm. any memes that come out about situations like that it's just like what mm -hmm. what the fuck do you know i mean you see a meme about grenfell you're like oh we're over grenfell now like yeah, our, there's a our, meme about it where, where the, where'd the money go where where are the new houses where's the change in the uh in the law where's all the investment that's going to make sure it doesn't happen again yeah like grenfell is fucking tragic honestly great what i think recently really hit me about grenfell is the blocks i live in made by ballymore the same developers that uh, did grenfell mm. absolutely ridiculous if you see where i fucking live uh to think that they made it ridiculous even um that sky pool that they've recently installed in nine elms in london oh, yeah, yeah, between the that. two yeah, yeah. fucking skyscrapers and it's literally it holds loads of water it holds loads of people can go in there about 50 people can go in there at once and it's it's sturdy it was made by the same developers that did grenfell and it's like you're telling me you can't make a building and the only difference between that was grenfell was in a poor area and it was council housing and this is for the rich people and it's it's grenfell is an absolute tragedy it's and it's it's a very it's very much a slap in the face uh to the poor community of mm. england from the government being like we we really just don't care about you yeah yeah like yeah i, I and and like it, it for me that was probably that like I, I thought that that was when corbyn was going to win in 2017 because like when when Theresa may went down and the residents were basically just like well fuck off and then she didn't really talk to them and then like there was jeremy corbyn like in amongst everyone yeah. like hugs like comforting people and like trying to at least uh, you know people can like go go at him for like i don't know being down there for like the the press but like i i didn't get the sense that that's why he was he was there it wasn't like boris johnson visits a hospital and he's got like fifty thousand like yeah, yeah, yeah. behind there like i genuinely think that Jeremy Do you know what you could say cares. that about Corbyn if Corbyn you can look back at Corbyn's like history there mm. are images of Corbyn like a 20 year old Corbyn being at protests mm. if Corbyn was doing it for the media he would have been having someone record I mean he would have started from back then this is generally something that he's just 
passionate about but Corbyn's yeah. a people's person yeah and but he's, yeah. still, he's still he's still doing it i saw him he was speaking at a, like a protest last week about um about the what's going on in palestine he was out on the liverpool streets today day. yeah in liverpool exactly. yeah he was at the julian assange thing exactly. today yeah no corbyn do you know what corbyn is the people's prime minister yeah. <laughs> he's even though he didn't get elected i think a lot of people in this country still look at jeremy corbyn and are like you were mm. our only hope yeah and it's kind yeah. of where have you gone if it's not you who is it yeah i mean he's one of the few politicians that i, I actually believed um like yeah i i actually think he cared about what he said and like i actually felt like he believed what he was saying yeah and that's rare really yeah. really rare he just seemed like a, I'd, I'd never met him in my life but i wore a corbyn hat at a party once because i was so supportive of him i went to like a nightclub and i put on a hat that i thought said compton okay i thought it said compton found out two hours later i've been going around to people be like do you like my hat and it literally said corbyn and this was definitely in like 2019 when everyone was like either corbyn or johnson i was just walking around this party like yeah supporting corbyn uh, but yeah do you know i think the thing with corbyn is that he he was just he was just a human he was mm, human mm -hmm. he he felt stuff unlike a lot of these politicians that are just fueled by money and greed and nothing else corbyn was like right i i'm just like every single one of you guys and he from a very young age like i said you could see that he was just involved in things he cared he just cared about what he had to, what what was going on in the world and what happened to him is absolutely disgusting obviously but i think yeah i think grenf a lot of people thought that corbyn was gonna get elected mm. um because i was hoping i was hoping i was like yeah corbyn's definitely i remember arguing with all my friends i was like no there's no way the tories are gonna win mm. definitely won but that, that's when i realized that like not everyone is as progressive in the uk as you'd think they mm. are but policies are popular like uh, they, they, they they have like massive support that's the thing that confused me I mean, I guess it was probably the vilification, like, yeah. the, and and I think I also think that like the vilification was part of like the the mail and the Telegraph <laughs> and everything, and like they the, like all the press still do it, and they like turned Jeremy Corbyn into like this culture war figure, mm -hmm. where they were like screaming about like all of the most crazy people in on the furthest left of the Labour Party you can imagine, and it's just like those people that's that's not what that's not like what's on the that's not what's on the manifesto that's not like what corbyn really espouses like and they, they managed to turn it into this like like culture war thing that 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 then turned people off do you not do you know what i mean they made a huge something out of nothing with corbyn like they, they picked out i think corbyn was a de very difficult person for you to actually criticize because what the fuck did he do wrong hmm. nothing pretty much nothing i mean obviously we all make mistakes but we're all human so the mainstream media really just were picking out strands of corbyn being like right this is what we've got we have to push and i think another what else played a big part in that is um the conservatives spent a lot of their campaigning on social like a lot of their campaign money on yeah. social media a lot of mm -hmm. it a lot of they it really learned in 2019 mm -hmm. they were like yeah this is what we're going to do and i think that's what had uh such an impact on thingy like while corbyn was very much involved with people obviously he paid attention to social media as well and had his own digital campaigns and stuff like that but while people while corbyn was very focused on being there with the people you can't be with everyone at the same mm -hmm. time so if you're putting so much attention into social media there was obviously people that probably were just like don't really know who like no corbyn don't really understand his policies like that and all i know is oh yeah i should vote conservative and then the conservatives telling you all the things that are bad about corbyn do you know what i mean so yeah it's like well you know we're gonna believe his opponents they're totally telling yeah he's the truth. definitely anti-semitic definitely mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
yeah. the most and the least racist man in probably in this country, but he's definitely anti-Semitic. Yeah, that was the one that really got me. I was like, like, how do you not? How do you still buy the press? Like, how do you still like this is this is another thing. Maybe we'll finish with this actually because we've been talking for quite a while. I hadn't noticed, <laughs> but um, he, I don't get like where do you think the breaking point is for people when to say, oh. Because I don't know, like the last, especially the last eighteen months, um, I've watched the the press just do the worst job that they could have possibly done about uh, all of the like the entire pandemic, but like everything else, and and I've been sort of noticing it for like a couple of years, like how bad they are. But like now, whenever I turn anything on or or read anything from the mainstream, I'm just like, it's all just lies. It's all lies. Like it's. It's like like people make the joke about people getting red pilled about like the the mainstream and press and the establishment and everything. And it's like it really happens. It's like once you've once you've like seen how bad it is, you can't like unsee it. Like sometimes I wish I could unsee it, but like it's really is bliss. Sometimes I sit there and I'm like, why, why, why do I know as much as I know? Like you just I wake up every morning and I just like, oh, why am I here? Why why do I have to deal with this? It is like that, mate. Like you said, the Matrix. The whole pill situation yeah. yeah do you want to know how much you know or would you rather actually just be ignorant oblivious to it all mm. um and quite frankly i feel like with the way the world is going right now i'd rather be oblivious to it all because there are moments where i grab my head and i'm like fuck do you do like what do you actually do because the moment you try and do something like my whole thing with even why i became a journalist i was right i'm going to become a journalist because i'm tired of talking shit about people um and not actually doing anything mm. because i'm a journalist next thing you know the government's clamping down on journalists what the fuck do i do now join the government yeah. and take them down from the inside watch them impose a new law being like right if you're polish you can't join the government sorry do you know what i mean is that really oh wow no, yeah. No, I, mean, like, yeah. I was like shit are we starting to find that like it's not like, like fiction fiction is so close to like reality now i know no it's ridiculous no it i think that what was the question <laughs> when do people wake up like what, what is what is that point where they think wow they're just lying all the time constantly like i don't i don't understand how they maintain credibility in any because like, like, like people can be like oh yeah well they're all lying and then something pops up on the bbc and like oh wow oh that's interesting that must be true like, do you know what i mean like they can go from like one second being like well they're all liars and then like you send like they read an article they're like oh well what's in the paper so i think people yeah. might just be so confused by it all that they just don't know who to believe anymore do you know what i mean they're just like right well i'm gonna believe them on this i'm not gonna believe them on that and it's it it gets confusing and but then at the same time i feel like there's obviously certain things that like you just know that they're not really gonna lie about because they don't care about it themselves like for example take celebrity news do you know what i mean no one's really gonna feed you a bunch of lies about well the bbc a celebrity news site probably would but like the bbc is not gonna tell you oh yeah like oh he they did this that and the other because they don't care do you know what i mean there's only certain things they care to lie to you about but mm. i think it's very difficult for people to actually be able to diff unless you're actively unless this is something that you're actively actively aware of and you constantly remind yourself like right i can't believe what the mainstream is telling me um i can't believe that this that any the other then th that's the only time that you're going to be able to differentiate and pick catch yourself out believing things that you shouldn't be believing and stuff like that but if it's not something that's on the forefront of your mind then it's very easy to slip up and be like oh yeah no the bbc is not lying here it doesn't seem like it this seems quite do you know what i mean it seems it doesn't seem too far-fetched it seems like i can believe it and then you're just kind of stuck in this limbo of like, what the fuck do mm. I believe? And it's, 
is very dangerous i think it's not it's not somewhere you want to be but at the same time constantly reminding yourself like right don't believe the mainstream it makes me i do that i wake up and i'm like right you can't believe what the government's telling you this that and the other i sit down and I'm like, i sound like a conspiracy nut like i'm just constantly mm-hmm. reminding myself don't don't believe this don't believe that but mm-hmm. you have to mm-hmm. there's so much disinformation fake news all of this stuff constantly mm. being you're being bombarded with that it's just like who do i believe do you mm. know what i mean and that's why it's very very important to not believe one source of information you go yeah. out you seek all the different information there is and you make a decision for yourself mm. um and that's whether you're wrong <laughs> at least you're just one singular wrong nut yeah not yeah. a mass amount of people yeah i mean i guess it's probably i feel like it's probably better to be wrong and willing to be corrected yeah than because you know no one's going to be right all the time um, it's difficult i like i guess do you think that that like the especially your generation like the gen z uh do you think that they are like particularly like awake to how screwed up like mainstream media and, and news is um yeah i do i when the black lives matter movement started last year i remember seeing a quote from someone uh that basically described our generation as the last generation that sounds very morbid uh but it was basically this idea that like statistically our generation has the highest suicide rate Mm -hmm. um and it basically said something like you gave um you gave the most we're also the generation that's been exposed to the most technology and stuff like that so we've the amount of information we're able to take in is astounding mm. in comparison to the generations before as they were very defined like yeah, yeah, yeah. tightly knit onto what they can take i can literally find out what's happening in japan within 30 seconds if i just ask someone yeah, on twitter yeah. um it's like staring into the abyss yeah like so uh, there's so much information so it was the com- combination of the fact that we've got high amount of suicide rates and how much information we're taking in and someone basically said that you've given the last generation something willing something something to die for um and it's basically this whole idea that like our generation is so fed up of everything Mm. because we've been exposed to all of this stuff and we're we're very aware that climate change is happening and the authoritarian state is happening as well so we're like okay we're running out of time Mm. we're getting more information we might as well do something about it so i do feel like my generation is very much like right we're going up in smoke we're going up in arms with whatever's Mm. happening uh we're going to challenge the mainstream we're going to challenge the government um and i'm so grateful for that and i'm really really grateful that it's my generation that's like even the generation below me you've got greta funberg and all of the mm. other climate oh, she's activists. definitely she's definitely like in like in like the same my, generation okay is she she's like is she not she's definitely eight, oh no she's like, like oh yeah because when she started she was like 13 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in my head she's still 13 but yeah no she's definitely 18 now so right greta it, you've got her and like all of the other uh, climate activists as well they're all young most climate activists are not people over the age of 25 they're all under the age of 20 so i do feel like um my generation has it's it's got this deeply rooted sense of anger i think at the government and just those in power that they we've just had enough Mm. and we've literally got the information and the resources to make a difference at our fingertips like we can start a petition like this Mm. we can start a fundraiser like this we can protest like this you can go and volunteer um at a border um, where immigrants come through at borders and stuff like that there's so many opportunities for people to get involved um and it's very easy to get the information about them as well so yeah i do feel like we're more woke as you could say or yeah. more um yeah, yeah well i hate the word woke yeah. I, I hate the term woke but yeah i would say my generation is more woke than the ones before yeah i mean i'd, I'd like to i'd like to detoxify the word conspiracy theorist because normally that just means anyone who's saying anything you don't like yeah. now, that really irritates me because it's like look there's the 
there's the like lizard people, like <laughs> David Icke people, and it's like, yeah, they've probably lost like there's the, the you know there's a few screws yeah, short yeah. of the toolbox there, right? And then there's like the people who are just like super hyper skeptical of like government power yeah, and everything, yeah. and you're going like, that's not the same. Like mm. they, I really love that to like people to re realize that like those two groups of people are not the same. Yeah, no, because that's like um one of my uh, housemates' boyfriend describes. It. He's like, yeah, I'm a conspiracy theorist. Like I believe in conspiracy theories. Um, but if you mention anything to do with the whole. Uh, and if you mention the thing about the conspiracy theory about the lizard people mm. to him he's just like what the fuck mm. no it's ridiculous and I'm like so see you know, it's true you do have like I don't know what the term you just used was um other than conspiracy theory yeah I don't know I don't know I don't know you know like just very there used to be people there was the conspiracy theorists right and then there was the woke people right? yeah and the, that word has been stolen <laughs> so now you should woke like to mean like awake to like how corrupt the world was yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? and woke now means like I, I don't even know it means that I feel like I associate with just being very, very left wing. Like if you're yeah. woke, you're just you're yeah. Just it's not even like to the left. it's not even like economically left wing. It's like really, really socially liberal. Yeah. Which is like like totally different to like people who are like really economically left wing. There's like there's the there's the square. Like people like to think of it as like an axis of like one line, mm. and it's like it's it's there's two. There's like there's the the square. Have you ever tried that? Like the yeah, political yeah. compass test. So like there's there's more. Like people are more than just like one dimension or two dimensions. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. What I mean, um, but like, have you ever heard of um, of Strauss High generational or intergenerational theory and no. the, this book called The Fourth Turning? So basically, it was these two guys, um, Strauss and High. I can't remember their first names. Mm. So they wrote this book like back in the eighties that said that now it's focused on America, but I think that like the same principles apply um, globally. They basically f felt that like human societies go in like cycles of like 80 to 100 years four generations basically and that you get like a big crisis and then you start the cycle again so you get like the the first one is like where everyone's like invested in the institutions mm. and like everyone's like really <laughs> like about like building up society and everything mm. so they pointed at like the the second world war as the last time this happened and like everyone's like you know bought into the system and how it works and everything and then like slowly over the next uh, four generations it like degrades mm. and degrades and, and the institutions degrade and like people's trust in them like falls apart and eventually you get like a, a new crisis like a revolution a war or something and then it like starts again and they they predicted in the 80s that the that we'd be coming to the end of the current cycle around 2025 <laughs> Like, are we coming for like revolution? What like is that? Is there some like monster fucking change coming? Do you know what I have? I had a similar theory of my own, and it kind of links back to climate change. And it's this. So like, you know how we've had like the ice age, and mm. then you've had the dinosaurs being wiped out by mm. the thing. I think this is mother's nature's way nature's way of getting eradicated humanity like our cycle our like century or whatever is done on the planet basically and they're just like get away what is next it might be an ice age it might just be sea creatures the whole time and then land comes back up again after that do you know what i mean but i do i do believe sea people <laughs> sea people whatever sea men mermaids um but you yeah, know i do i do believe that there there is that we do it Everything in the world, in my opinion, has, comes back in a full circle. Whether it's something as small as you saw someone last year and then a year later, you end up bumping them into them somewhere else. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? 
I do think everything has a circular motion on the planet, so I it, it, that would make total sense for it to kind of go that way. And the way things are going right now, there's natural disasters, mm. civil wars going on all over the place. Um, mm. We're climbing. It's, it's getting a wee bit end time. Do you know what I mean? Time. It is. You we know, are getting like, that vibe. Like Last... Fire and, and like like the earth like boiling and the ocean like what was it? The ocean was on fire there in the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. Then... Last year we had swarms of locusts in like three <laughs> different locations, and I was like, yeah, no, right, we're definitely out. Like this is it. Yeah. yeah. And then you got the fucking like the thing that really weirds me out like it's like you got all like the climate disasters going on and and the locusts and then the, the plague and then like with covid and then um the thing that really weirds me out is the is the mark of the beast thing that is like you can't like you can't buy sell or trade without the mark of the beast and i'm just like it's the vaccine passport like <laughs> in my head i'm just like there's way too many things happening no like, and i'm not like a religious guy either <laughs> <laughs> but, but it makes sense though no it does feel like we're gonna have the end of the world like the, yeah. the end of times is coming and that's no when i saw the swarms of locusts last year i was like yeah no this genuinely feels like a rapture like that's it <laughs> next the earth is just gonna open up and just swallow us whole like it's a very obviously it's a very far-fetched i but it yeah. does feel like something is coming to an end whether mm -hmm. it's like something's gonna go up in smoke do you know what i mean something's yeah. something's yeah. definitely gonna happen the way whether it's gonna be the public responding to the government's bullshit um, mm -hmm. over the years or whether it's just going to be the earth giving up on us, whatever it is, I do feel like something is coming. It just kind of feels like it's brewing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that seems like a nice and rosy place to end things. Uh, Claudia, it's been so much fun. Um, thanks very much. Do you want to tell people where they can find you, your work and, and stuff? Just um, Oh, I get to plug myself. Uh, yeah. Right, so you can find me on Twitter at Claudia Fior, K-L-A-U-D-I-A-F-I-O-R uh you can find my articles at oh what just go on my twitter and then if you go into the bio of my twitter you'll be able to find it there because i don't remember my whole url um and you can find me on instagram at wavy w-a-v-y-u-t-e and then you can find a lot of my work at bywire news as well bywire.news awesome thanks Thank very you much. much lovely stuff thanks for making it all the way to the end of the podcast don't forget our sponsor expressvpn and my book, Brexit, The Establishment Civil War, can both be found in the links in the description below. And also, please like, share and subscribe to this podcast. It's the best way to help us grow. Until next time, thanks for listening. Screw the hedge funds. You can make as many rules as you want, but if there's no teeth behind them, what's the point? Well, like Citadel is potentially just gone in a few months. It feels like financial institutions, that they are all laughing at us by buying GME. <laughs> Screw the hedge funds. Like, I will lose my entire investment if it brings them down. Why on earth, last May, could you buy the entire company for $200 million? What's been happening on Reddit and in social media and in the marketplace? has never been seen before. I argue that nothing is off the table. There is nothing off the table when dealing with the volumes of money in something as big as the United States uh, stock market. The hedge funds have clearly underestimated a group of a group of people raised on Friday night World of Warcraft rates. Dark pools, they are they're another uh, mechanism to manipulate and cheat. Mainstream journalists don't say these things for a number of reasons. Uh, one is their sources are the people that I'm talking about, and so they can't call somebody a crook.
Super Stonk and the other communities that have emerged are a hive mind, the likes of which we have never seen before. It's madness and brilliance, insanity and genius all rolled into one. It's very possible that Citadel will be gone in a few months. And, and not just Citadel, but the entire financial system has the potential to come crashing down. These crooks continue to gamble recklessly with the world economy and this could be the moment that they finally get their justice.